Welcome to Stop, Hack, and Roll, a podcast about Sterling K. Brown creating the greatest story ever told. I'm Brandon. And I'm James. Today we'll be talking about nonlinear storytelling and fighting a theater production. I'm really not kidding about that one. (laughs) This is our weirdest intro. But it's also one of our weirdest episodes. Yeah. I think I think me trying to do the monologue from one of those like football sports movies was maybe the weirdest. Oh, that intro. was maybe a weirder intro. Yeah. But um And I did Iron Chef once, didn't yeah. I? We did Iron Chef once. Yeah. Okay, we've done um, we've done worse. Oh, I did I did I did um The Rock's uh speech about not letting them get into cars from Fast oh my god! Five. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Unless all of this is the intro, and then it's a real weird. So let me walk you through this. Let's just like get. R- let me just get right into this. I think. Nice. Um, yeah. Let's go. This very strange combat, probably the strangest combat that I have okay. ever played in any game ever okay that's a high bar right there oh and it's gonna live up to that bar okay Uh, let's hear it my friend andrew who is gming this game came up with something wild so okay um when we (laughs) and to ryan who is probably listening who said we're you're gonna have at least you'll have good fodder for a stop back and roll episode the turnaround (laughs) on that was real quick buddy so uh, now he knows how quickly we go from yeah. idea to yeah. to published, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. The Discord frequently will be like, "Hey, here's a thing," and we'll be like, <laughs> "Hmm, maybe a future episode." And then the next day, so let me give you some background for this this game because it needs a little bit of setup. So we are playing Fate. We had really this, these guys who I play with on Sunday nights. Um, they play a lot of Fate, and I have not played Fate with them. I've run other stuff for them, and I've played other games for them. Um, and so we, and and even they had not gone through the whole process of like, if you follow the Fate core rules, you're supposed to go through and like build a setting, build a build characters, and do everything from like figuring out what genre you want to play, yeah, through to like playing the game. So we hadn't, they had never done that. So we actually, and, 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 you know, still haven't done that because we played microscoped, <laughs> microscope, microscope, mm-hmm. uh, to build a world. So this is important because it's, 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 I think it's, it's relevant to background information. So we created this world that is. The amount of work that I know you and your friends put into this game. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy that you haven't turned it into content. Yeah. And I know that that is a, that a big part of that is that a part of me has died and become just a content <laughs> monster. But like, I hear you describing like, oh yeah, so we did some microscope to lead into our fate. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we get together on a consistent time every Sunday yeah, I know. and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, why isn't this a stream? <laughs> so why isn't this a stream, please. So we, we created this world, which is, it was based around the idea of think, uh, giant monsters um, you don't have this touch tone, but Attack on Titan is a good one. Um, no, yeah, Attack on Titan is a Pokemon. I get it. Yeah. Um, giant monsters, um, Pacific Rim style, uh, attack basically our world and 
they're destroy it like there's an apocalypse um, okay but at some point humanity discovers the so like we're in a world we're also using uh andrew found a map of what the east coast will look like in like 40 years or 10 years where the sea levels have risen fine, sure. like 40 feet and so it's like the del mar Ugh. ocean and and uh, and stuff so we're playing on on this in this it's a it's a future apocalypse map uh the important things to know are there are giant monsters in theory there are okay. giant robots like ancient yeah. giant robots um, that in theory people could pilot to fight the giant monsters only we don't know who built them we don't know how to control them Okay. But at some point they disintegrate into nanobots. Okay. Which people can control psychically to do magic. Oh. That that took a turn I did not expect. Oh yeah. Okay. So so we build this whole story arc. Yeah, this doesn't sound marketable, James. No. This doesn't sound like a marketable thing that tons <laughs> of people would love to watch. So we are playing Definitely in an not. era. After which the Order of Mages, which is this big organization of mages who have been using their magic, this nanobot, the psychic control of these nanobots, um, to fight off monsters. Yeah. Um, they, they, for whatever reason, have crumbled. Like, humanity turned on them. They changed from the Order of Magic to the Order of Humanity and started crumbled to, Crumbled like, right into nanobots. Yeah, crumbled right into nanobots. Anyway, so we're in this, in an era in which, in, in the Microscope uh, game, we called the Age of Monsters, where suddenly, without these wizards holding them back, the monsters are attacking again. Yeah. So, yeah. of course... Yeah. So, of course, we all did this thing where we said, well, I'll make the one character who's a support character... Everyone else will play a combat character, but I'm going to play the support character. Yeah. So we all did that. Great. So good job. I'm on the plus side. All characters are the same in fate. So, <laughs> so I'm playing a smuggler. Uh, one of my friends is playing a blacksmith. We have the guy, the, the, a playwright, a bartender, um, a person who works for a family of monster hunters but runs operations for them man some of those are like really truly exemplary levels of useless yes like some of them it's like yeah blacksmith you're probably pretty strong but some of those are not so useful we so so obviously we went hmm, well i guess we're not gonna go monster hunting <laughs> um oh, why not <laughs> i mean i think we are i think ultimately we're good going to, but please do but um mostly because my character will agree to anything and then figure out how to do it later <laughs> um so your character will yeah that that's a trait of your character yeah look play <laughs> what you know every play character you know. you've ever played play what you know and also play what you, you are <laughs> welcome to the stop back and roll network um james was asked to do something so we figured out how to so here is the setup for the specific conflict. We have been hired by a member of the royalty to write a play that is pro the order of magic users. Okay. And put it on so that we can boost relations with the with the and make the people of the city believe that the order of magi are powerful and totally still existent and didn't get destroyed okay which we know has happened <laughs> we know yes. they were destroyed by okay. a giant monster so we're helping put on this farce because basically this group of royals is trying to take over and pretend to be the order of magi 
Okay. This is close. This is not exactly what's happening, but it's very close. So anyway. You don't sound like the good guys. There's a chance we're the bad guys. Okay. So, and it's only going to get worse. Uh, my character is definitely not a good guy. But so anyway, there's, there's another there's another playwright who is writing an anti-Order of Magic users uh, play. And those two okay. plays are going on at the same time or roughly the same time period. Like they're coming okay. out like they're long. They're both uh, debuting on the same night, but with enough time that like critics can go see one play one and then the see the other. So our yeah. goal in this conflict is put on the best play possible to sway the critics and people. So of course you're going to be playing Mark Diaz Truman's The Play's The Thing. Here is how this play combat worked. <laughs> Functionally. You have to press the right key at the right time, the right uh, button at the right time, no. and uh, your character has to be in a costume that you stole from guards, I think. It's been a long time since I played that Final Fantasy, and I wasn't a huge fan <laughs> of it, actually. So we are, again, I am, a, I am the smuggler. I am, for some reason, have been cast as the the clown, the comedian, the person who like hypes up the crowd. I am bad okay. at this. It is uh, okay. someone had to do it, and I agreed because that is a characteristic of my character. The playwright who wrote the whole thing, but is also now starring as one of the like secondary characters. The yeah. bartender who is in the crowd riling people up. The blacksmith who is there bringing his pro order friends because he's pro order, um, and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but. I'm just going to go with it. Um, so anyway, our opposition is functionally five bad guys. Okay. Those five bad guys are the exposition act of the play, the rising action <laughs> of the play, the climax of the play, <laughs> the falling action of the play, and the denouement. This is the most fate thing you could possibly do. It really is. So we all so they all have stats. They have an attack and defense. Okay. They have some aspects around them. Um, we have done some things to create aspects in advance to prepare ourselves for this. Like we riled people up. Uh, I hired some people to bring bad alcohol to the other play so that their crowd would be rowdy and angry. Um, okay. I riled the other playwriter up. And told him that our play was going to have, where I was pretending to help him. So this other play was going to have good, like a lot of pyrotechnics. So that they should also have a lot of pyrotechnics to be the flashier play. I then yeah. sold him bad pyrotechnics in the Perfect. going to explode if used by drunk people kind of way. So we all roll initiative, basically. And we go through the order. And what you can do is you are attacking the different acts of the play and so okay. and then they get a turn and so they get to attack you and so like for example um it's it's the story like we're writing out the story of this play but in a non-linear way running through it like initiative comp like combat so yeah things that, that makes sense so things happen like in the climax, like the climax of the play attacks Reginald, our blacksmith, because the climax of the play is big combat. He is the one who crafted the set and the fake weapon, like the stage weapons. Okay. And so basically he, he gets attacked with his and, and has to defend with his craftsmanship. Okay. Um, the rising action attacked me because 
the crowd was not as excited and laughing at me as they should be, and I had to defend with my rapport skill to like okay. to do that. Um, I attacked the climax with my contact skill because I had arranged for bad alcohol and 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 explodey explosives to be sent over to the other yeah. play. So it was kind of a so it was kind of a, making sure that our play would go off well and also playing off of how the other play would work. Um, someone else r- rolled rapport to attack the climax to make sure the crowd responded well. Um, and it was just very this very and like basically the way that it worked was like um, the each of the acts functions again like a, an enemy combatant where they have right. um, they have stress boxes that have to fill up. And so okay. while they still have stress boxes, that sort of a- how well or poorly that act goes is in flux. And so if you like we're telling this story of like when someone is attacked by the exposition and doesn't roll well to defend themselves, well then like in the story of the play, it didn't go well. Like they started, but they were like they hadn't quite learned all the words because he was the guy who was thrown at the last yeah. minute. But then once we take them out of combat basically that's the way the whole exhibition act went it's locked in stone in our in our story yeah and we're sort of learning how each of these acts went in in a in a non-linear at the same time kind of way right because you aren't necessarily going in order yeah of the order of the play. Yeah. And so things that did happen are like the rising action went very poorly because the rising action attacked quickly and people failed to to defend well enough. But like we yeah. all ganged up on the climax and the falling action at the same time and so we knocked those out of the park. Okay. <laughs> um it's it was a very weird This is super weird. It's super weird. It's something that maybe only fate could do, although I don't think that that's necessarily true. Yeah, I think it's I think fate is kind of uniquely suited to it. Yeah. Because fate has its whole principle that every treat every, that everything can be modeled the same way. Yeah. Right? Treat everything like it's a everything like it's a character. Uh yeah. it's the fate fractal. And and really it does also really well at the zooming in and zooming out, like shifting your uh perspective on things. Yeah. Um and, yeah. and it does really well with frankly with things like we had done a series of actions in the whole session leading up to this where we like the bartender threw a a big party at his bar to get our people yeah. riled up or to get th- to get our people riled up and to get the other team the other plays actors drunk so they'd be hung over during the play. We okay. the, the the blacksmith had a scene where he 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 made some deals with the rest of the other blacksmiths in the blacksmith's neighborhood, and they all worked together to make a set that was like phenomenal. We, yeah. I did some behind the scenes things to make sure that the enemy, uh, the other plays, uh, pyrotechnics were bad. We, and all of that sounds like making aspects. Yeah, it's all what it right? was. So we had okay. scenes with characters and then with roles where we're setting up all of these aspects so that the yeah. things that then in in fates mechanics you get free invokes on so that during yeah. this combat later on you get to like tag those and get plus 2 or reroll or whatever. Um and it was it was very interesting and I was a little bit yeah. weirded out by it at first but I um <laughs> it was it was just like a hard to think about fighting yeah. a play. But I think it was very interesting. 
And so, like, did it work? It did. I think it really worked well. Like, we we told an interesting story. The only thing I think we didn't do was because we just ran long with the session. We ran over by, like, a half an hour because it just took a long time. Um, uh, but if to, you were streaming it, your fans would have been pissed. To go back over the whole thing and talk through what the whole play looked like in a more yeah. linear way. Yeah, yeah. Almost in, like, a microscopy sort of way that afterwards yeah. you've got a product. yeah. You're you're in the microscope. You're zooming in and out, but at the end, you kind of have this big document you can look over and see. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I would that, have would have been interesting. That that is really interesting. It would actually be interesting to do microscope to make a play. Um, to like pre like the way that mm. we used microscope to tell the story of our comic book ages, set yeah. up specific ages as the acts of the play, and. Mm-hmm. And then build in scenes and backstory and sort of that to tell how a play goes. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm I'm into this idea of kind of looking non-linearly at time. Mm-hmm. Uh, needless to say, there's a bunch of games that do that. Uh, <laughs> Pasión de los Pasiones is one of them, technically. Mm. Uh, but it's it's interesting thinking not only going non-linearly because you're going back to like flashback to something, Mm -hmm. but actively having the table doing things in different times at the same time. Yeah. Because we also did specific things like before we began this combat, we had a series of prep scenes like at the bar or where, yeah, basically we had a scene at the, at the bartender's bar, the lucky virgin where we, um, where we engaged with the play actors and the other play act and the enemy play actors. And, and we set up a bunch of aspects, but then like one of the first things the blacksmith did during the play combat was make a craftsman's crate and aspect role to say that he had previously had a scene. And we cut out like flashback to that scene to that, where he got the other blacksmiths to help him, make phenomenal set for us. Right. Yeah, because there's no reason... Yeah. Like, if you're handling the beginning, middle, and end of a play at the same time, yeah. there's no reason you can't also go before that. Yeah. And so it was just very interesting to mm-hmm. both attack the... Like, both be dealing with this as a conflict in a non-linear sense so that we have done yeah. prep but also can continue to do prep. Um, But to also treat it like an an attack but so i think basically the thing that i'm very interested in is both that you're that you're it's this non-linear ball of you're just telling the story at different periods of time but also that the enemies the way that the whole thing is framed as a conflict between these like non-specific uh concepts of the different acts of the play yeah that's interesting because it meant that it meant that we basically like fate has a list of of all of its skills. And there are some of them like contacts that say like, it doesn't make sense to use contacts as an attack role because (laughs) contacts is like how people like your people, you know, like you might is my friend, Jonathan, you might, yeah, you might hire someone, you know, to go attack someone, but that's a resources role. It might first be a contacts role to find the assassin, but then the actually paying them is a resources role. 
And so yeah. you might use resources intact, but you wouldn't use contacts. But in this case, we did, because what I was doing was using my contacts to provide alcohol or bad pyrotechnics <laughs> to the enemy yeah. production. And so we kind of like lifted off and said, just like, do like lifted off those rules and said, think about conflict in a- however you want, whatever makes sense for you. And what are the things that you would do to like the, here's how the play is pushing back on you. Things are going to go badly. Set is going to fall apart. The, the, the people watching are not, are not understanding it or something like that. Um, yeah. And then how are you combating that? Interesting. Okay. So this has, has sparked something in my brain mm-hmm. that is connected to a project that you are working on. Is it? Yes. Your NASA project. Yeah. We've we've been public about this at yes. this point, right? I'm boy am I using the broadest definition of the word working on. Yeah, yeah. No, no, don't worry. Yes. Uh I get that. I am you know, I'm working on my uh on so many things. Yeah. I'm working yeah, on so yeah, many things. Yeah. Uh my gossip girl yeah, show yeah. game. Uh that's the one that I'm most that I'm most, most working not working on. on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that uh, that uh, the fact that I'm doing that means you'll get pasión sooner. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but that opens up the idea, like that method of thinking, opens up to me the idea of some characters playing people in the moment, mm-hmm. and some people playing characters beforehand, mm. and that happening simultaneously. Yes, just like this is us in the whole thing. <laughs> Like, I want to play the astronaut, so I can play the astronaut, and I'm almost exclusively in today's scenes. Yeah. But the person who wants to play the engineer isn't in a lot of today's scenes. Yeah. They're mostly in, uh, like, the earlier scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Do you think that would be functional? I mean, that... I think that, um... That's interesting, yeah. That's, like characters who are always in different timelines because i think that the the mission control game is definitely a game that has a lot of flashbacks in it yeah but so like if the entire game is built around flashbacks this is a style like you could have it so that each scene you're setting when it is yeah and so like when the uh wings of your spaceship. I know a lot about <laughs> space travel, clearly. When the wings of your spaceship are acting up, mm-hmm. like that's in the present, that's in today. But the way we're going to handle that is flashing back to three years ago when the wingsmith winged <laughs> yes. the, the wings. Yeah, I got you, the, yeah. the space wings. Yeah, but yeah, I think it also... That's the playbook I want to play, by the way, the wingsmith. I think it also opens up the idea that like one of the things that I was w- trying to kind of like think about with that game and wh- what I, where I stalled out a little bit was like, what is the, what is the opposition? Like, obviously it's <laughs> the whole dang spaceship falling. Yeah. Apart. It's, it's these like abstract <laughs> concepts, but maybe yeah. thinking about them in a very like n- concrete abstract way yeah. of like the, the, problem right now is the fire in the system or yeah which is a bad guy that has these stats or the problem yeah. is the 
the um the ablative fire shield is a totally real thing um just like the space wings and yeah um and it's it's like it's already damaged but it's it's a friendly npc so you have to get it healed yeah i mean like you could do you could do like in the same way that the sections of the play were enemies Mm -hmm. like the launch is an enemy yeah yeah uh and just kind of like move things through from there and even do the same aspect generating thing that you're talking about doing that like the attack has to be done in the present yeah but the aspects you generate along the way help to make that a better thing this might be a this could be a dice pool game yeah james it's a dice pool game i think that it might be you roll well you've got a a d8 you roll poorly that's a d4 yeah 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 i mean it's definitely a game about preparation it's definitely a game about flashbacks it's definitely a game where you are where you're you're not fighting really each other or or maybe you're fighting each other but you're not fighting there isn't like a bad guy there isn't a there isn't a mustachioed twirling villain on the on the moon going i'm just i mean actually that's actually a great plot but um dr magnet hands dr magnet hands um i I was gonna say elon musk until you said it's on the moon yeah no elon musk is on mars yeah exactly Um, but uh there isn't like a personified villain like that but the villain, mm-hmm. the bad guy, is things like yeah. I think ah, that's interesting, especially for like I I think that it is also a game that has always it was always going to have set piece conflict. So there might yeah. be like random encounter style things where you just like there <laughs> is a a fire like there's an electrical issue, and while Get you're while you're on your way, and that's just like a bad guy that you ran into. Um, yeah. But then there are things like landing on the moon or the launch sequence which are like pre-described set piece fights yeah that kind of always play the same way yeah and so you, that hopefully you're coming into with a whole bunch of positive aspects yeah that you almost fight like the the launch countdown the launch itself the main stage shut off oh that's very interesting because there are these very defined stages and they could definitely help each other. This is very interesting, thinking about and, space launch like this. And setting it up in that way also means you can be like really freeform with the scenes that lead up to mm. getting advantages, Yeah, right? Like you could say, oh, this is the person in training. Or you could be like, hey, this is this person in divorce court. Mm. Uh for like three months earlier <laughs> and like this is going to affect their mental their their like where their brain is at as they're going into their training and so like, that's just as interesting if not more interesting than did they get an a plus in their training because we know they passed their training because they're here yeah 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 um i wonder if it would let you do things too like saying uh, well this character so i'm thinking about in like apollo 13 <laughs> 
there's the guy who gets yeah. sick before launch. And so he has to stay yeah. on the ground and that ends up being very helpful because he can run tests and stuff and simulations. So it's almost like if you get halfway through the launch sequence and realize you need him, his expertise on the ground, you could retroactively say he got scrubbed from the launch and had to stay on the ground. And so now, absolutely, now he's there and he was always there and forget if he did anything else earlier. Yeah. And you could just like, if you keep the launch sequential, yeah. or really, if you keep pre and post launch sequential, mm-hmm. like just like have the idea, make sure that you know who was on the ship when it left. Yeah. Then as long as the ship doesn't die, yeah. then you're probably good. Because yeah. like, this doesn't seem like a game that it's super likely that like one character will die. Oh, yeah. Well, and everything else is going fine. I guess that's true. They could be out in space. Yeah, gravity situation. Yeah. But uh So maybe maybe keep the actual <laughs> launch section yeah, of it in I, order. I don't know, but yeah, something like that. Some like it was it was a it's definitely a game that has sections and having the changes between those sections be these kind of like like again, set piece combats where you're fighting the abstract concept of the launch is very interesting. Yeah. And like sometimes you could fight the abstract com. Sometimes you could fight in the modern time. Yeah. And just be like, hey, this is a thing that needs to happen. I do the thing that needs to happen. But if that isn't interesting, if you've done it before, if it's too similar to someone else's scene, then you do something else. Yeah. Yeah, because that was... You argue with a politician about funding. That was the thing that was happening in our play combat was that like, especially for the the bartender or the barkeeper and the playwright who were playing active particip- like actively participating in the actual performance of the show most of their yeah. combat quote unquote combat was happening like real time during the show they were riling yeah. the crowd up they were trying to act and remember like ex- their exposition for the scene but then things like the blacksmith and myself we were doing things mostly in flashbacks to pre-set up sections so if you are the astronaut or the mission control, mm. then you're probably mostly in the present. Yeah. But if you are the engineer, the engineer or the wing right, yeah. the- then you're mostly in the past, but you might be sometimes in the present. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. Huh. Have you watched This Is Us? I haven't. No. Its format is so cool. Uh, it, it is a, it is, obviously it's not a show without some of its problems, uh, but it its format is so freaking cool. No, what is this is us about? It's a pre- pre- hmm? This is us. I'm like this I haven't even heard of it. It's a ha- you've not heard of no. it. No. Have you spoken to anybody? No. In the past, like what three years been going on? It's um, it is a story about a family, mm-hmm. and it takes through going at like looking at first the parents when they were younger and they just had had kids and. Like the, some of the of the kids growing up, and then like the kids in their adult lives. Hmm. It's all it's really emotionally intense. Interesting. I might have to look into it. That that's the one that uh that I use the gif of Sterling K. Brown talking about being a hot dad, <laughs> like constantly. What's the movie um with um Anna Kendrick where it's her and the other dude and they're they're in a relationship but but opposite um. Wow, I don't, I do not. I'm know. not surprised. It's a musical. 
Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't. Uh, know. Let's see. Um, I will look it up really quickly. A Star Is Born. No. Sing. No. No. Uh. Um. Mm-mm. I'm sure. It's not Coco. It's the last five years. Oh, High School Musical. The last five years. Okay. Um. It's about a struggling actress and a novelist, and you see their you see their relationship from the first their first date to like when they break up uh but in in alternating scenes where you're following one of them forwards in time and one of them backwards in time oh interesting it's very yeah and then the 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 sort of the juxtaposition of the two characters traveling through their lives is very interesting there's a game i think it's called 183 days mm-hmm. that's about two psychics that are dating I feel like it has a similar kind of thing to it. It's one of those games that's um, that's always recommended to me uh, to to read because of the because it's very similar to the um, to a space a space between. between. Um, I read it, but I read it like quite a long time ago. I really enjoyed it when I was reading it. I just can't tell you the details of yeah, how the game works. It's um, Sam definitely check it out. Dylan can see many possible future. Oh, so it's one person can see the future. One person can see alternate futures two clairvoyants in love they know how long uh their relationship will last um 183, 183 days. days it um it's by tiny knives and uh it won some awards so it has yeah definitely so check it out so uh yeah check out this is us <laughs> check out uh 183 days check out coco the last five years you can skip a star is born. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the tangent part. Thing looked okay. Section of our podcast. Um, yeah, yeah to playing with time in a non-linear way is very interesting, um, and I think that it is like we are. Like, this is a thing that like actually I think about a lot because I think the default like way that we play role-playing games, even in just like something as simple as. Like this is this was the thing I thought about a lot when I was running when I was running in Dungeons and Dragons is the instinct is to go okay you're in a tavern and you've just been hired to go fight so what's the next scene well, the next scene is you stepping outside the door to the tavern to go buy yeah. the horses now we're having a scene where you are talking to the man who is who's selling you horses now you are on mm-hmm. I mean this is like the origins of the random encounter it's like because we want to follow our characters in a linear time and never skip scenes well, but we need to have conflict in those like scenes where you're just moving through a path so we have a random encounter generator which puts some conflict into that scene arbitrarily but like there's no reason to do that and in fact yeah in in most cases uh you just jump ahead like it's the thing we run into in in uh party and city a whole lot which is like there's the there's the initiating action where we're like oh gee falcon's going to do something in this part of the city what are our characters going to do well they're going to get on the subway and and go there is a scene of them on the subway really interesting or should we just cut to them showing up and fighting bad guys i'm becoming increasingly in love with just like hard setting constantly and like i there's a certain part of me that's like oh i'm becoming increasingly a railroad gm (laughs) but i'm kind of okay with that like people talk about like the railroad in like D D, especially and it's like what 
else were you thinking of doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, like maybe I'm being ridiculous, but like I feel like if you're playing D and D to its strengths, yeah, which is dungeon crawling, yeah. then there is a railroad. You go to a dungeon, yeah. you fight it, you go to the next dungeon. Yeah. And so, like, why pretend otherwise? Just set at the dungeon. Yeah. You're at the dungeon. Who gave you this quest? Roll a d20. It was a king. Yeah, you, He's going to give you horse. You weren't going to skip to the, the second floor. You were going to do the first floor first. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, maybe, oh, our group decided that they were going to leave and they opened up a, a winery in, I can't even come up with the name of a place <laughs> from D&D. It's been so long. That that is how far I've sunk into indiness. I can't even come up with like, oh, the borderland. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna make a cidery in the middle of the borderland. Yeah. Like, no, you're gonna go to the dungeon and fight the dungeon. Yeah. I mean, and like And like Yeah. I think that it, to not throw too much shade on Dungeons and Dragons, but like even something like Critical Role, where Critical Role yeah. is like, those are people who really, really know how to play D&D. They are mm-hmm. very creative people. They are used to storytelling. And like, I've watched the end of the first campaign. Like, they really know how to play D&D. And like, they still, like, Matt Mercer pays people to make set pieces for their combat. Like, and so, like, those characters were going to end up there. Like, spoilers, he's railroading them towards the set pieces that they just paid someone to make miniatures for. So, like, that's, like, that's that's how, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. No, and that's not just a and d thing either. Like, if if we sat down to play an episode of Brodian City, and I was like, and here's the villain, and the players went, oh, we're not going to go after them. I would, like, say, uh, okay, um, that was the adventure. Yeah. So... I'll catch you next week. Yeah, the bad guy like, uh, wins because you didn't stop them. <laughs> so Or or it would just be like, well, wait, hold up. But that's where the story is. Yeah. FYI, if you don't go there, there isn't story. And now, I mean, I think that the, 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 the like there's room in that for player agency because you might Absolutely. say like, here's the bad guy and I can then decide like what I'm actually doing in combat if I want to decide to not fight but instead talk to the hands of, of evil. Well, then like... That's still, I'm having that conflict. I'm still engaging with the villain in those places. Um, 100%. It would be interesting. But like, like it's the story is still going to go. Uh, we introduce the villain. You deal with the villain. You talk with the villain afterwards. Yeah. You talk with some authorities afterwards. Uh, you yell at each other. And then we end on something sad. <laughs> like... That's a railroad. Yeah. That that is that is formulaic and it works. But that's kind of storytelling. Like, that's what storytelling is and that's okay. Like having there are some people that really need to feel like there's just complete freedom to do whatever. But if the GM is doing any prep, there kind of isn't. Because you're going to say, "Oh, I don't go to the diner. I go to the deli." Mm-hmm. And the GM is going to say, "The vampire is at the deli." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I wonder, it would be very interesting, now, rolling with that... I'm sorry, you caught me kind of punchy today. <laughs> rolling with the hard setting of scenes, it yeah. would be very interesting to do a, you're in the city park, and the vampire just stepped outside of the deli, and is attacking the people outside of the deli. Go. That's the scene. Yeah. And then you have that yeah. combat, and then hard set the... Ne- okay, so you, you defeat the, the vampire, and you're like, gee, we're gonna go off and celebrate, and then Brandon as a GM is like, 
Great. Here's the next scene three days earlier. You're in a crypt. Nice. <laughs> and like, like, what is... I don't hate it. What is stopping you from hard-setting scenes in a non-linear narrative, like, in a non-linear way? If I sat down at the table and the GM... If I sat down to, like, play Urban Shadows for the first time for a campaign, and the GM was like, all right, uh, we start the scene, and Brandon, you've got uh, your gun on the back of James's head, and you kill him. Yeah. And then we were like, all right, now let's set some scenes earlier. That would, like, that would, I would love that. Yeah. That would be, like, and, like, mileage may vary. There's lots of people who wouldn't. But, like, for me, that would be like, oh, I see that this is going to go somewhere wild, Mm -hmm. and we now need to, like, aim for that. Yeah. It's the, it's the reflections thing. It's the, you are, you are a, you are here, like, ultimately, we know the two of you are going to end up on a, on a hill fighting each other. How did you get there? Why do you hate each other? There was a game of found footage, which remains like the game that doesn't fully exist yet that I love the most. Uh, it's one of my like peak RPG experiences yeah. that I've had, and I, I really hope it someday comes out fully. Um, but we there was like one of the it's a found footage game. It's like you you draw cards that tell you what kind of scene to play out, basically. And one of the cards was like a scene from the future. And so someone just like casually described someone being beat to death with a rock. And it was like, oh, cool. We need to make sure that happens. Yeah. And then we all got to angle towards that. And that was so much fun. Yeah. And it, and you, and you it frees up. There's a, if you are telling a story in a very linear way, then the only person who can foreshadow is the GM because they have prepped mm-hmm. out where they think this story might go. And they are the sort of one who has the bigger picture, who has like the fog of war pulled away. Uh, and because even if you're not playing with like a very linear prep, like if you're, but you have a rough yeah. idea of where the story is going, then then you're the only one who can sort of like put those seeds in. But if everyone knows where the story is going, well, then like I'm like if if we are playing a game where we know that in the future someone gets killed by by a big rock, literally yeah. every scene I'm in, I'm gonna be like, gee, look at that rock. Yeah, <laughs> and like even just having like some openness at the table of how the format of your game goes. Like I've been watching a lot of supernatural mm-hmm. recently cause it's spooky season. Um, and you could have like the GM go, okay, later in this episode, the two of you are going to argue. And then that means you get to talk about that throughout the thing. And so like, if you've been playing with a group and you have a little bit of a play culture, like there's nothing wrong with a character saying like, I know how this is going to shake out. We're going to get, we're going to go, we're going to hunt the monster. And we're going to be at each other's throats again. Cause that's always what we mm-hmm. do. And then later on when you go at each other's throats, cause the, cause the monster's dead. That's a great moment that you both get to play into and you get to go like, okay, so this time it has to be different. This time we have to raise it up another notch. Are we far enough from when it was released to talk about Westworld? <laughs> I haven't watched Westworld. Oh my god! So I, <laughs> you need to. I'm just going to end the podcast right now, and you're going to go watch This Is Us, and I'm going to go watch Westworld. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, then, for the people who know what Westworld is about, I think that you know where I'm going with this, and uh, <laughs> that's all I guess I can say right now because you should go watch okay. Westworld. I I've been okay. This is like. A brief aside, but we can leave it yeah. in because it's another project I've not been working on. I want to write, you know, Ribbon Drive? Yes. That game that you listen to a playlist and like mm-hmm. you tell like the story mm-hmm. of a band as you do. I want to write a 
supernatural style thing that you're listening to music while taking a road trip. And like, I think maybe I want to look at mile markers as something mm, important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you basically like tell episodic uh, monster hunting around the country stuff. Huh. Yeah, because I've been super into that. Interesting. Probably with a classic rock playlist. You know, I mentioned that This Is Us is not like fully non-problematic. I should also say Supernatural is like wildly, wildly, wildly problematic. Yeah. I need to also pull up Sterling K. Brown's IMDb page right now, because apparently I'm only making references to things that Sterling K. Brown is in. (laughs) Yes. So coming back, James and I just talked about (laughs) Sterling K. Brown for approximately 10 minutes. Yeah. So if there's like suddenly a weird cut right there, that's why. I was just looking at Sterling K. Brown's IMDb page. (laughs) Just and James and I were just going through it just being shocked at everything he's in going like (laughs) James is going like, wait, he was in this. And I was going like, wait, he was in this. (gasps) Oh. Yeah, I remember that episode. He was so good. Yeah, he was in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Neither of us remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Not, But no, I remember it now. Yeah. And he was so good yeah. in it. Yeah. So that's so there we go. That's a little bit of non-linearness to this podcast. Yeah. So if you would like your if you'd like your RPGs to be good, make them non-linear and put Sterling K. Yes. Brown in them. Yes. James, I have an idea for Brodian City. <laughs> we need to add Sterling okay. K. Brown. I will do that. <laughs> um, Don't do that, please. Um. Oh crap! Who is the other actor that we dragged through the mud though that one time? Um, Edward Norton. Is, I'm gonna hang on. We're gonna go back into an IMDb hole for a second. It was Edward. It Norton, was Edward Norton. Norton. You're right. Never mind. We're not yeah. going to the IMDb hole. It was Edward Norton. Which is funny. Can we? Because earlier when we were talking about D and D, I almost said every session of D and D should be structured like the Italian Job. <laughs> well, that's just because every game should be structured like the Italian Job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the perfect story. It's it's. An, it it's is. The perfect it is the perfect story. story. It is the perfect. It is the most perfectly written. It's it's not perfect media. No, <laughs> but it is the perfect story. Yes, it's the perfect story. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it can and should be remixed in many different ways. <laughs> but all of the greatest stories through all of time oh, are the Italian job. God, did I tell you? It's the this, Ur story. This is really getting off track. But did I tell you? Uh, I watched Hobbs and Shaw and there's like a low key Italian job reference in it. Oh my God. Is it yeah. really? At one point they're going to, they go to uh, Shaw's secret base where he has a whole bunch of cars and he has a mini yeah. Cooper and they're like, and, and Hobbs is like, why do you have this tiny ass car? And and Shaw's like, I did it for this job. I had it for this job in Italy once. Oh my god, I love it. It's so good. I'm I'm too Fast and the Furious is behind, so I can't watch Hobbs and Shaw yet. I think you probably could, but anyway, James, I care about the Fast and the Furious extended universe. I mean, so look, I've been I mean, reading look, all the novels. Look, who are you talking to? I care about the Fast and the Furious extended universe. <laughs> More than almost anyone. Thank you very much. <laughs> but let's James, get. what if we what if we start a new podcast where we Just... review books from the Fast and the Furious extended universe? <laughs> we we start off, we do the eight movies yeah. And then after that, we just go to the extended universe and we pretend we've read the books that don't exist. <laughs> or just read books. <laughs> the real books and assume that they're part of the extended universe. <laughs> God, this is such. All right, a- so this is the Pride and the Prejudice. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand how this fits in. Like, I get that they're a family, but like, there aren't an even car. There aren't even any cars. Everyone in this is a mouse. Ah, uh, God. 
Okay. okay. This is the part we decided not to cut. Yeah. So like if you've just listened to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think I think I think I think we've done enough. <laughs> we've done enough in this episode. It might be time to wrap things up. We haven't. We're like 50 minutes in. Is that enough? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Considering we're cutting the whole section where we just <laughs> look at IMDb. Yeah. No, we're not cutting that. We're leaving okay. that part in. Or I'm leaving this part in, but I'm taking that part out. Look, it's just going to yeah. be a confusing episode, and I think that's fine. And I think we've got enough content here that people will be happy. Um, look out for our future uh, Fast and the Furious extended uni- book universe, uh, um, A Tale of Two Cities, and how we drove cars between them. Yeah. Uh, also, keep an eye out. I, I think I am going to try to get that Slenderman game that I was working on, like the mm-hmm. one move game, uh, in front of people. Hopefully soon, because we're in spooky season and yeah. we, we deserve that. Yeah. I I don't want that to be, I don't want that game to be someone else's found footage. Yeah, that they like hear about it or get a chance to play it, and then it's like, but it's gone forever. Yeah, I didn't write the the Kirby game. <laughs> we're really good at but our I jobs. But I will, I will at some point. It's literally one move. Yeah. It's I, I set the bar real low, and I still missed it. But I mean, there's there's also probably some. Some text to write around the yeah. move, you know. It's not just. Yeah, yeah. I'm also. I'm also. I guess it could be very, just move, very aware of the fact that it is now October, and I need to rewrite a space between so that I can bring. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that I've like been doing rewrites to the game over the course of the year, yeah. but sort of in a disparate, mostly in my head kind of way. And that now is the time to like get it all down on paper. And then I, uh, and then remember that it is a game that is now a card LARP. And so I need to actually print cards. Uh, and that that is a thing <laughs> yes. that I should do not the week before. <laughs> um, so that's the thing that needs to happen and will happen at some point. Uh, maybe our next episode will be me panicking and trying to write a new version of a space between uh, n- in two weeks. But perfect, yeah. And I can uh, help or laugh. Yeah. Just be like, haha. Yeah. I think actually, is it next episode? I'll have just gotten back from Big Bad. Possibly. Yes, I believe so. No. Oh boy! Yeah, because yeah. it's the twelfth. So we won't have one on the seventh. Well, yeah. We'll, yeah. So maybe next episode we'll talk about we'll talk about what I've been working on for a space routine. We'll talk about what you did at uh, Big Bad Con. Cool, cool, cool. It'll be a con spectacular. Yeah. And then uh, at, two weeks after that, we'll be on our Halloween spooktacular. Yeah. And then have we ever done that? We haven't done that. Not that I know of. Why do I think we did that? What would? Yeah. I'm just really, I'm just really into the spooky holiday spirit right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what's another game that plays with uh, time and connects to spookiness? Quietus. Oh. It's uh, by Ollie Jeffries. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Kickstarted not long ago. It's a really stripped down Blades in the Dark. Um, I wrote a scenario for it. And the big thing is it's melancholy horror where you get to flash back to sad moments in your life. Oh, cool. (laughs) And then you get murdered. It's great. Great. That's what I love. Yeah. Uh, I'm pumped about it. Yeah. I want to play Hammond Hall very badly. That's the scenario ah, I wrote. Nice. nice. You get to get stalked by something in mirrors. That uh, m- things might be things in mirrors is like my my jam. Things in mirrors is my jam too. It it's um the thing in the mirrors is Survivor's Guild or a ghost of a friend from ten years ago. Mm. It's one or the other. Mm. 
yeah but melancholy <sighs> so yeah. all right so let's um let's wrap this up because i think it's gone on too long and okay. uh, and i don't know so <laughs> if you want to um tweet us tweet us before this episode comes out with your Please. reaction to the episode um right you can do that at stopackandroll.com or i am at and nope. meltdowns it's not at stopackandroll.com it's at stopackandroll possibly and i'm at b leon gambetta it's like your opinion you man. can find our website at at stopackandroll.com mm-hmm. or you can email us at james or brandon at stopackandroll.com uh, Please rate and lost. review our podcast at iTunes.com, uh, which will help other people find our show.com. Yeah, just head to iTunes and look up at Stop Back and Roll. Uh, or or if you uh, would like to be more direct, uh, tell a friend about the show. Yeah. That's a great way for people to learn about it. It's the number one way that podcasts Yeah, go. I was actually talking to people today about how I'm not actually, like everyone always says, hey, go send a review of our show. I'm not actually positive that does anything. So I'm not sure either. I feel like if you're below the like serials and reply alls of the world, then it doesn't do a whole lot. So this is a question I asked on on Twitter. If you have ever started listening to a podcast because iTunes was like, hey, have you here's this recommendation, then review our show. But if you have only listened to podcasts that your friends recommended, then recommend our podcast to one of your friends. So uh, if you like the show, uh, be sure to go to a convention and start a podcast because that's the only way that I find out about podcasts ever. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I find about podcasts by people tweeting and about it also. if you like this podcast, you might also... Why? Like, yeah, why? Let us know why. But also, <laughs> you might like Game Closet, uh, the last episode of which featured Lucian Khan, author of Who is Visigoths awesome. and Mogoths. Lucian is just wonderful. Uh I'm like always in awe at all of the people that Taylor gets because Taylor gets and just finds all of these people that I already know and adore. Yep. I actually haven't listened to the episode yet because I'm doing my stupid masks binge. <laughs> Hashtag masksathon. Yeah, if you want to help, 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 help Brandon stop listening to masks there's podcasts. No, um, there's no helping Brandon. If you want Brandon to listen to your podcast three years from now, start a masks podcast <laughs> now. And he'll eventually get to you. Yeah, or look up hashtag masksathon on Twitter. We make this podcast and the rest of our podcasts with support of our Patreon backers. We'd like to welcome two new backers, Joshua Tant and Thomas, who has no last name. They felt like sharing with us, which is fine. Uh, And we'd also (laughs) like to welcome some old favorites like Chris Newton, Riverhouse Games, Michael Bowman, Spencer Stark, Alpha Loose, Panic Productions, Tonto Month, and Evan Nyquist. If you would like to help the show out in a non-monetary way, consider joining our community. We are, uh, we've got a really active Discord that has a whole lot of awesome game discussion, tons of game design, lots of discussion of masks, given uh, Protean Mm -hmm. City, and just uh, general good times. Recently, we had a big conversation about uh, Digimon. Oh, God, yeah. And that was terrifying. And we've also had recent conversations about, oh boy, just so many things. I don't even know if I can pull one thing. There's been so much content lately yeah. that it's been blowing up. It's been wonderful. Somebody recently joined and was like, oh, damn, this is an active Discord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I didn't say the URL. It's uh, 
discord.stopbackandroll.com. Yeah, or tinyurl.com slash Discord. So as you're sitting down to delete this podcast from your podcatcher, don't forget to hack, roll, and stop. Stop.